Hello and welcome to the 61st episode of the DKI Podcast, Digital Era Entertainment's weekly anime club podcast. I am your host, Joel, and I am broadcasting live from North Carolina today on my phone, so if my audio sounds weird, that's why. Uh, I am very happy to be joined today by three wonderful, wonderful people. First off, we have, as always, broadcasting live from Frangiville in the larger nation of Frangiland, downtown from Frangiburg. Uh, I believe it, it's now two counties away from Frangiopolis. There's been some redistricting. Frangi. You just you just gave me a whole nation. I don't think I've had a nation before, but I'll take oh, it. Oh, I assume that Frangiland was a nation to begin with. Well, it'd be a really good nation, so you, you guys can all come live here. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And second, we have returning as a guest, Tamsin. Hello, folks. Welcome to this this week's Wondrous Weapons Emporium. <laughs> yes. Uh, and finally, we have from Neo Ivan Gaming, Neo Ivan, regular contributor here on Digital Era Entertainment. Hello. Happy to be here. Yes. So, it has been another fine week, and frankly, I've been very busy with stuff, so I caught up with a lot of things over the weekend, but I haven't watched all of the things that are broadcast basically since Monday. So I'm behind on, like, half my shows. I've not seen the latest episode of Fruits Basket, so, uh, Franchi, sadly, you will not be able to rave about this, but I saw that they cast... Literally, the person who will be the voice of God, uh, that made news this week that it's going to be um, uh, Matt Mercer in English, which is pretty cool. And I can't remember who they got for the Japanese version, but it was a big name. So, yeah, voice of God's coming to Fruits Basket. That should be interesting. Um, I don't have too much to say about any particular series. I expect I'll have a lot more in the coming weeks as all of the chosen season will be soon hitting their climaxes. But, uh, Franji, have you had a chance to watch much this week? Not much. I mean, Fruits Basket was wow. Uh, Moriarty the Patriot was also wow. Uh, To Your Eternity, I'm just kind of waiting for some doom to happen. I don't know if it will, but um, my hopes are not very high. And uh, How far in are you on that now? uh, I'm caught up. I'm I'm Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, And I started watching (laughs) one of... um, Somebody I know was talking about um, Dinah Xenon and, uh, oh, yeah. and, Gr- uh, and Gridman. Oh, yeah, Gridman. Yes. Um, so Dinah Xenon, I guess, may- might be the second series, yeah. and I probably should have started with Gridman, but I ended up watching, like, two episodes of Dinah Xenon just to see what that was all about. Got confused, went and watched the first episode of Gridman, and was like, so this is Tron, but anime and, and mm-hmm. kaiju versus mecha. And it's it's both series were very colorful and very interesting. Um, I think the style of writing and directing kind of didn't sit with me very well, so I don't know if I'll continue, but, I mean, I like colorful giant robots, so maybe I will. Yeah, I had sort of, you know, ambivalence towards Gridman. Uh, Like you said, it was colorful, and it definitely scratched the big kaiju versus robot itch. The writing was okay. The characters were okay. There wasn't anything about the series that I would point to and say was outright bad, but I didn't find it compelling enough for me to pick up Dinah Xenon when I already have so much on my plate this season. 
That is actually useful to know because if you're not going to be like, oh my god, it was so good, then I'm like, eh. Like, it's not bad. And if that's what you see is what you get with that show. There are a couple of cool plot twists and the writing certainly isn't bad. But it's the type of thing that if that is the type of show that you enjoy, you'll get what you want. It is not a transcendent series if you're not, you know, really into kaijus and giant robots. Gotcha. I gotcha. Cool. Well, Tamsin, how about you? So in terms of this season's shows, I'm keeping up with Odd Taxi, which continues to... Yeah, Odd Taxi. I'm... Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Depending on how it sticks or fails to stick the landing... This one, I think, has a lot of potential to become a, sort of a cult classic and honestly one of the best of the year, that it's so different, and it's telling its story very, very well. Um, it is definitely odd, as the name would suggest, but it's it almost feels like an art house film. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, and I like the, you know, the cast of characters, and I feel like the show has been doing a good job giving everyone enough kind of screen time that so far I haven't felt like they sort of dropped the ball on any one of the characters, which has been good. And and I like that, you know, for for a genre show, it's still there's moments that just make you laugh a lot. Mm-hmm. Like this week's episode in particular, there were some parts where I was just hacking up. Yeah, there's some things that remind me almost of a Tarantino film. Mm-hmm. It just, yeah, a little bit. It's a lot of talking, but it's really snappy talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Otokawa and the, I'm blanking on the character's name, the alpaca character. Mm-hmm, yeah. They, they just have very, kind of very good banter between them that I really yes, enjoy. Yes, for sure. Anything so, else you've been keeping up with? Yeah, so, well, so I'm only keeping up for that one from this season, but I did also very timely for today's episode just finish watching Yojo Sankey, uh, the saga of Tanya the Evil, which... Ooh, yeah, that one's uh, about a year or two old, but really enjoyed that one. So did you finish the main series? I finished the main series. I just have the movie left now, which I'm mm-hmm. very excited to watch. Uh, I normally don't watch the kind of the accompanying movies to series, but given how the main uh, given how the main series ended, sort of you yeah. have to watch it to get uh, the rest of the story. I will say don't expect a full resolution on the film that it's a continuation and it finishes the film's arc, but that is not the end of the story. Um I do hope it gets a second season. That's one I really enjoyed. Not one that I would have put on the top 10 list for the year, but it was solid. It had really fun approaches to its world and characters. And, you know, everyone loves a crazy villain. Yeah, I I was actually, as I was watching it, I I kept thinking back to the conversation we had about villains and Franji's comment about how she likes to watch the villain-driven shows for the villain's downfall. And yeah. I, I kind of got into that same mindset that I was like, okay, well, when is when are things gonna gonna hit the fan, and when is the main character gonna get there, you know, come up and sort of yeah. Because the the interesting thing about Tanya is that she is an undoubtedly cruel character, 
but the world around her is even crueler and she's not always in the wrong but she's certainly not in the right either so uh it falls into that gray area that we discussed as well and she's definitely you, you know if if any character is like a, a lawful evil i feel like she would definitely fall into that alignment yeah because for sure. you know as we see in in several scenes you know she's very kind of uh, exact about following orders and doing things by you know like by the word of the treaties and international war law but she bends it just enough to kind mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. give an extra cruel spin to it which has been interesting. yes yes and uh yeah and it's been and it was the series was enjoyable i it definitely took me a while so this was actually my third time trying to finish the series because um the I feel like it's a little, for me at least, it was a little slow um, mm. in terms of um, me getting into uh, vibing with the characters per se, um, and, like me like buying into their storyline. So, it, so it, it took me a while, um, but I'm glad I'm glad that I ended up sticking. Cool, Neil yeah, Ivan. What about you? I know you don't watch a ton of anime actively, but uh, have you had the chance to catch anything at all this season? Um, the last thing I saw anime wise was the, um, blanking on the title, but it was, I think it was called the ways of the house husband. Oh yes. Yeah. We discussed that a little bit. Um, um, and very I silly, silly series that does sort of half animation, but the voice acting's good. Oh, it's the voice acting carries the whole thing and it is spot on. Amazing. Um, did you watch the sub or the dub? I watched it subtitled. Mm -hmm. I've heard both. I've heard good things about both. I, I'm a little hesitant to go with dubs just because they are for me very hit or miss. Like, I guess I was kind of spoiled with Bebop and Helsing being mm. the two best dubs I've ever heard in my life. So yeah, unless you there, know, there's plenty of good ones nowadays. Don't you worry about that. Oh, I I believe it. The early days of the anime scene were were interesting in terms of dubbing for but sure i don't think this counts but i'm going to mention it anyway i've been watching castlevania and um, i would count that because that was done um that was done by a japanese studio if memory serves um sorry one moment it is very good though um i'm my wife and i are two-thirds of the way or most of the way through uh season two and we are thoroughly enjoying it. The animation's beautiful. The acting's beautiful. The dub is beautiful. Um, yeah, I thoroughly recommend Castlevania. And I'm not even a huge fan of the video games. I've played the original on the Nintendo long ago. Got scared by the monsters when I was a kid. But um, as an adult, I'm able to obviously not be so terrified by pixelated um, Medusa anymore. But um, yeah, that... That's on Netflix, the animation, and I recommend it. It's very, very good. Awesome. Yes, I've heard a fair number of good things about that one. According to Wikipedia, Castlevania is produced by Frederator Studios, which is an American animation okay. studio. Okay. Huh. Mario used to work for Frederator, funny enough. Hmm. Nice. But I guess since it is based on a Konami game, maybe we can 
give it a pass for yeah. we'll, we'll, anime we'll adjacent. That, we'll give it the half pass there. Sorry, one second. All right, Shall so we? yeah, I guess uh, with that, we can move into main topic for the day. And Tamsin, this is another one that you had uh, come up with. You've been really reliable for uh, thinking of topics, and it's been very, very nice because Franji and I obviously have been doing this now for over a year, and while there are still many, many topics out there that can be covered, it's always helpful to have sort of a new perspective coming in because uh, someone who hasn't been doing this for a year is usually better at picking out different things and thinking of things that we ourselves haven't thought of yet. So what do we have today? So for the topic this week, too earlier, we're talking about weapons. And actually, before we jump into the topic, well, as we're jumping to the topic, I do want us to have a little bit of a meta discussion of what exactly do we mean by weapons? Um, Tamsin, yeah. just to let you know, you're sort of breaking up. Right. What exactly do we mean by weapons? What counts as a weapon here and what does not count as a weapon here? We started yeah. to discuss it pre-show, but we decided to have the discussion now because it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, my initial thought is that it would be anything that is a non-inherent power. So something that is produced outside of the character using it. So if a person has a magic staff, the staff counts as a weapon if they need the staff to use their magic. If they have innate magic that they can just cast stuff from their hands, I don't count their magic as a weapon in that case. Right, but like Tamsin had asked, what about the guitar from Fooly Cooly? Because the guitar isn't usually a weapon, and I think you had mentioned like vehicles don't count, so I guess that would mean a Gundam doesn't count as a weapon, right? I don't know. But if mm. a Gundam or, you know, uh, a giant robot has a sword or a gun or a knife, yeah, like that, a then alien. all of that okay. would count. Or if they have like a particularly cool you know, missile or laser, that that counts, that um, in that case, the the Gundam, I suppose, punching doesn't count as a weapon, but any projectiles or other armaments that it has, I would count as a weapon. That's and, cool. and I guess I part of me does want to count even the Gundam punching as a weapon because that is specifically designed for combat. I don't count a vehicle like a car as a weapon, even if it's used as a weapon, because that is not what a car is designed for. The guitar in Fully Cooly is a very interesting mix because it is more so bullets. used as a weapon than a guitar. And it does so, shoot bullets out the out the end of the fretboard there, so that's right, it does. So in that case I, I would count it. I would count it. Okay. <laughs> Now, now it's turning into like a ruby weapon, where it's a melee and a range. Yes, gun <laughs> the classic mod. line from Ruby: "It's also a gun." And would the um, ninjutsu arts from specifically kunai or kunai um, activated would that count as part of the kunai as a weapon? I mean, this is getting deep into um, the weeds, but I would say no. I would say the kunai are obviously weapons, but. Mm. Um, you know, if you have the little tags on them that cause the explosions, I, I suppose I would count the tags, maybe. I, I don't know. That is an interesting technicality there. 
Huh. Yeah, because um, for for Gundams in particular, and I'm a huge fan of it. Um, at at first in the original series, these uh, mechs didn't have many built-in yeah. weapons, but as things went on. Uh, like in uh, Stardust Memory, Eighth MS Team, Gundam Seed, etc. So many weapons were just built into the Gundam. Like when you look at in Gundam Seed in particular, I think the final version of the Gundam can turn into just a giant cannon, a chest cannon, and just uh, wreck everyone's day. Yeah, and you have the meteor that you can strap on as like an extra weapons pack, and then like I don't know, the Aegis turns into a jet, or was that the Justice, or both? I don't remember. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'll say both. <laughs> and of and course, the... yeah. Go ahead. Oh no, 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 uh, please. Uh, of course, in in Goren Logan Land, Gundam adjacent, you know, they all turn into drills. Yeah, just that campaign, the main Logan. Yeah, the yep. more I think about it, the more I want to consider mechs as a whole weapons because, like I said, that is their intended use. Um, and I guess, sort of going back to the guitar, if it hadn't had the projectiles on it, I guess I would modify the definition of a weapon here to be, at least for our purposes today, something that is primarily used as a weapon. That a conventional guitar, if a character swings it once to hit someone that's bothering them, I'm not going to count the guitar as a weapon, but if the guitar is their primary you know, melee weapon that they use throughout the series multiple times and they don't play the guitar as much as they use to whack people, even if it doesn't have projectiles, I would count it as weapon for that series. So, like, in that category would also be William James Moriarty's little walking cane that pulls out into a sword. Yes. Just, okay, all right, there we go. Okay, we have defined the thing. We're good. Cool. <laughs> what what is nerdery if not finessing over the details of a definition? Absolutely. Or even yep. going into like weapons that have magical components in them. Like um yeah. an example that I can think of, although this has nothing to do with anime because it's from an American uh 80s, um, but two specific weapons come to mind, uh the Sword of Omens from Thundercats and um he-man and shira's power swords well it has a sword in the name it's a weapon yeah but um it has magical properties along with it so oh yeah well so like, like i said if it if it's a weapon that has magical properties the magic from the weapon is still a weapon that if someone needs a a rod or a staff to use their magic then the rod or staff is still a weapon those are very true because it, even just using the sword of omens for as an example even if the eye of thundera the thing that powers the sword you know stops working it's still a, you could still stab stab someone to death with it yes <laughs> so like okay so like if sora from kingdom hearts he's got a keyblade but you have to have a special innate power to call forth the keyblade right so does that count or does that not not that it's anime but now this um, is amazing this is I a would, fun topic i would count it because he is in that case channeling his innate power to create something that exists outside of himself. Well, well, but then again, I suppose what is what is magic is not calling for power to create something outside of yourself. Ooh, that's a really that I is like that one, Franji. That's really difficult. I don't know uh, how to answer that one. 
I mean, I don't know anything about Kingdom Hearts outside that I really don't like the franchise, but um, the Keyblade, I would... fighting words, Neil they, I know they are, but this is not the video game podcast. That's uh, That was yesterday. <laughs> but in terms of, like, the Keyblade being a weapon, absolutely. Again, you can bludgeon someone to death with that thing. It's not, te- it's not technically a sword, because there's... I mean, it's it has yeah. the shape of one, the, but where's well, the sharp the, edges? The difference here that Franji is bringing up is that the keyblade itself cannot. The keyblade itself is an extension of the person's heart. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong with that, but basically, there is no. Uh, I can't hand you my keyblade. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, it would disappear. That you can, yeah, you can hand somebody else a sword. Uh, you can hand somebody mm. else a club. The Keyblade is a thing that literally only exists in the hands of the person because it is an extension of their heart itself. Gotcha. So that would sort of be a magically created weapon. So actually, ooh, and there's another technicality. So we said <laughs> if they if they have a weapon or if they need a staff to use magic, that's one thing, but we didn't cover... What if it is you use magic to create a weapon? Oh, this is just going to become a whole episode about, you know, finessing over the actual de- darn definition on no. us, bringing up examples of weapons or not. No, and- no. <laughs> this, this is going to have to become like a recurring uh, talking point because there's just so much to discuss. There's yeah, there's well, medieval no, just, weaponry like swords, I, I think, clubs. There's modern no, firearms. I'm thinking is even bigger that now, mm. Tams and thank you, we now have an entire genre of episodes that we can do, which is finessing over definitions of something. Because as we're finessing over this definition, we're bringing up examples of the topic at hand anyway. So even though we haven't settled on anything, you know, we've been jamming on this for 15-ish minutes. And it's still all relevant to the topic that's advertised. So we could do this with other things, too. Maybe, though, we should let Tamsin chime in with some of her Yes, her please do. <laughs> no, I love listening to all of this. This is great. And not to throw another wrench into the works uh, along the lines of the, the Keyblades, but from uh, Kyokai no Kanata, of course, uh, the main character uses her own blood to summon a sword. So I, I feel like that's kind of along the lines of, you know, Kingdom Heart-esque you project the weapon from something that is an innate to you. Oh, interesting. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. You know, I, just to make things easy, at least for today, basically, you can bring up any weapon you want, and if it's not something, if it's something that is in that gray area, part of you talking about it can be vouching for why it is a weapon. So basically now it's, does the object do violence? Good, it counts as a weapon. I like at this. least at least on a baseline, yes. <laughs> okay. Is, yeah, it, is its primary function violence? <laughs> I like that as the baseline definition. I feel like a more refined one could be: Does it deal some sort of piercing or bludgeoning damage? As as one category, regardless mm-hmm. of whether it also deals magic based damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that too. Okay. Well, cool. So Tamsin. Uh, apart from what we've already covered since we've all, you know, chipped in various weapons as we worked our way through that, uh, did you have any particular weapons that you wanted to spotlight today? So I came up with a, 
a list of just really ridiculous weapons, like things that really should not be weapons, but are weapons in their respective Best universes. <laughs> um, first, I'd like to give a shout out to the children's card game in Yu-Gi-Oh, which does yes. so much violence and so much damage. And really, but really has no business of doing just doing that much damage outside of like paper cuts in a normal scenario. Yeah, that everything there that the monsters have weapons and the in-game combat is weaponry, but the the players themselves, the characters themselves, do not use weapons, with a few noted exceptions. Yeah, of course. You know, there's also the Millennium items which, you know, in some cases get kind of integrated into the gameplay. Yeah. Like the case with Pegasus and him either spying on people, then Whoop. weapons... Oh, we lost you, Tamsin. Uh, with, with Pegasus, of course, you know, either spying on his opponents or just sending them to the Shadow Realm, which there's another good question. If you, if you just yeet someone's soul out of their vessel that count as a weapon does that make it a weapon um i'm gonna say yes i suppose so it's violence that that is definitely a sort of violence that you don't yeet someone's soul to the shadow realm uh because you like them so uh yeah so that that was one that i thought of uh, of course i have to mention beyblades which you know arguably uh, you know, in terms of uh, violence per square inch of weapon, do a lot of damage. They're highly effective. It is uh, a lot of blades in a small area, for sure. Yeah, and a lot of collateral damage of just stadiums falling apart, cities, and, and so forth. Um, and I feel like I also have to give um, an honorable mention to, this is along, along the lines of Items typically not used as weapons, but somehow their user just has the affinity for from Skate the Infinity. Adam, uh, you're cutting out again. From Skate the Infinity, Adam uses his skateboard to, uh, spoilers, uh, just bludgeon people. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that thing is definitely a weapon. Even just looking at how it's constructed, it it. it it's gonna try to gore you, basically. Exactly. <laughs> if it doesn't bludgeon you, yeah. Yeah, because because Adam's whole theme in the show is the you know kind of Spanish matador, and his mm -hmm. skateboard is designed to match that theme. So it has these two very sharp bull horns on one end of the skateboard, which mm -hmm. you know, of course, if if you think that he's only using it for skateboarding makes absolutely no sense but then when you actually watch him use it when he's racing someone when he's you know running a beef against one of the other characters you can you very quickly realize why those are attached there yeah he woke up and chose violence yeah so <laughs> so those are you know I, on my list of ridiculous weapons that I would like to highlight today, that was on my list uh, for today. <laughs> I would love to to hear if that sparked any any ideas for any of you guys. Um, actually, that that got me thinking about something, and this is sort of more of a philosoph 
a little bit of an ethical question, but um, for those who like or play Pokemon, are Pokemon weapons? Because they are used for, for horrific <laughs> violence against other Pokemon. Um, I, I'm going to say no on that one, uh, that we're, at least I generally hold it as that that is usually competitive violence so you know uh, a boxer is not a weapon gotcha competitive sports okay yeah that um and at the same time that like if you were to consider a pokemon even if it is used for non-competitive violence then by extension you ask the question all right is a human who commits violence a weapon and that Mm. is as you said a whole nother ethical set of questions but i think for just our own simplicity we'll probably fall on the answer of no cool i just had to get that out of my uh, my brain Mm -hmm. i've got a weapon that i always thought was absolutely ridiculous even though it's used in a completely serious way that's not ridiculous at all um and because we have to we have to check our little box, of course it's going to be from Code Geass. Okay, um, good, because I was going to hit it if you didn't. <laughs> it's, the, uh, it's the sword that gets used during Zero Requiem. It also pops up a little bit before that. It's um, so pretty. It's so pretty. And if people don't know, uh, it was designed by Clamp, and it kind of looks like it actually belongs in Cardcaptor Sakura or something. Okay, it's hot pink and magenta. It's got bright green gems all over it or i'm sorry red gems it's got dangly green gems it's got like wings by the hilt it's in gold and pink and it is it's fabulous yes and it just never looked like it quite suited the series because all the other swords are like much more normal looking swords it looks like something that's meant to be ceremonial (laughs) it does yeah not not something that's meant to be actually used and yet so yeah it gets the most important stab in the series it does yep so that's what I thought of. Well, and it. Oh, go ahead. If uh, if Emmy were here, I don't know if she'd mention she loves Yu Yu Hakusho. So I happen to think about Kurama's um, mm-hmm. rose thorn whip. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. You don't see too many characters using whips, um, but he's one of them, and yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, speaking of unique weapons. Um, Another one that I thought of is the 3D maneuver gear from Attack on Titan. You know. Oh yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah, that is yeah. an iconic one. A thousand percent, yes. Oh my god, especially when it gets the upgrade in the later season. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Thunder Spears. Oh yes. That stuff's cool. And of course, for Code Geass, that um along with the mech thing, which I, I think we'll, we're probably sort of landing on the yes side of it, that if not the nightmares themselves, all of the different armaments that they have, my favorite, which was always the laser cannons, they had just this super cool visual effect and the awesome sound effect, and then the great shots of, you know, the laser sweeps across the battlefield, and then you see just a chain reaction of explosions. Yeah, and speaking mm-hmm. of explosions, how about the Flea bomb? Big freaking. Yeah. yeah, we we didn't even bring up the thing of super weapons or WMDs. Oh man, if we yeah. bring up super weapons, there's like Genesis from Gundam Seed and all kinds of. Wow, yeah. 
Oh yeah, no, the Genesis will, oh. or the the ability to block nuclear fusion, and then yeah. of course nuclear weapons being just removed from the from the table and then brought back on the table as what was it, the blue group who just wanted to commit all kinds of genocide? Yes, yes. Oh boy. Even to this day, uh, jumping back to the Flaya for a bit. I still associate that particular shade of pink with oh no. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, <laughs> and that's, is... that's the easiest way to put it of just whenever I, you don't see that shade of pink very often. And uh, especially in explosions that you're usually dealing with your yellows and your reds, pink is an anomaly to begin with. And no, that made I... it. Unless you watch a lot of Gundam, sorry, I'll just, there's always okay. Pink and fair, purple. I am <laughs> undereducated on Gundam, so. But carry on, sorry. Look at me, I'm so mean. I'm like, no, Joel, no, you're wrong. No, no, but you're right, and and you know that I have that gap in my knowledge, so I'm glad you bring it up. Well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, players are uh, one heck of a weapon, and honestly, now that I know that. Um, it is the thing that is more common in Gundam that is, uh, it's a cool bit of knowledge that I didn't know before, which I'm not surprised that Gias has taken, you know, at least a few cues from Gundam along the way. So, okay, wait a minute. How about Damocles then? Is that more like a ship, like the Archangel, so it doesn't quite count as a weapon? Yeah, because... Okay. Yeah. All right. That, because... You well, don't, I don't know. generally consider the pirate ship itself to be a weapon. A pirate ship has cannons, which launch, which fire things. Um, but it, the Damocles itself is a vessel, I would say. Wouldn't okay. that classify it as a warship, though? I guess. True. Huh. Yeah. Technicalities again. Um, I know, right? Wait, but so can we talk about the weapons on the ship? That's like, can I talk about the Lohengrin cannons and like? Yeah, the, sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm just a nerd. I feel like I feel like Gundam and giant robots should almost be its own category, or I'm gonna get carried away and be like, did you guys see the wings on the Strike Freedom? Like they can shoot out all the little. Uh, yeah. I I'm the exact same way. I mean, <laughs> look at White Base Two, gu- the the Gundams from '83, the 8th MS team. I mean, I was gonna mention that my favorite weapon to this day is the Goof from 8th MS team because it was the singular. Th- mech design that brought me into the mech anime scene and com- at all it also oh, wow. helps that the pilot uh, captain norris was amazing and a true mech ace that didn't have the um because in the gundam series especially the the first one they always said new types so if you're a new type much like in gundam seed if you like a coordinator you have special innate abilities that allow you to sort of be faster in reaction time Norris was not that and neither were the pilots he was facing he was a legit pilot ace and he just went through everyone as if they were like you're amateurs I love that okay wait and you just got me thinking about something else about what Joel mentioned before too of do people count as a weapon what about like ah oh, see and I never finished this series but doesn't doesn't Soul turn into Maka's okay, weapon. Yes, I, w- I was about to bring that one up. So thank you, Franji, for teeing me up because yes, uh, Soul Leader in particular 
does a good job of blurring that line because they become literal physical weapons. Yeah. Um, so yes, in that case, they are weapons. I would definitely at the very least count it there because that is them turning into an armament that is then wielded by another. Okay, so things that turn into armaments. So also like stockings, stockings, and panties, panties, which turn into swords yes. and a gun. Yes, yeah. definitely weapons. Okay. But yeah, uh, Soul Eater in particular does some really fun stuff with weaponry and the fact that they have the characters that become these weapons enables, you know, weapons having literal personalities because, you know, Soul will banter with Maka as they're trying to defeat a witch. That's amazing. What what else? What else? And kind of going along with this trope, uh, I haven't seen the series, but in Noragami, I think technically one of the characters also turns into a weapon. I've seen Noragami, so I can't uh, comment on that one. That's super cool. That oh sounds really neat. Okay, wait a minute. Now, now my brain is finally waking up, and I'm thinking of all the shows I've seen with cool weapons. Except my brain is also being stupid. Okay, I know Trigun was a lot of years ago. What the heck is the priest's name? For crying out loud! Oh, I know Wolf who Wood. you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Wolf. 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 Thank Wolf you, Wood. Nicholas D. Wood, Mister, with his weapon there, his with big his cross giant, that he carries. With his literal yeah. iron cross. Or, or even yes. the the very the very first episode, the dude with the boomerang for a weapon. Good <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Yeah, I I love the music in that show, and I love that. I really like Trigun. It's so good. Trigun is really good, and it does have lots of cool weapons. Trigun's weapons are much better than its plot. <laughs> I'm I'm the resident Trigun hater. And oh my god! No, I I, I, do, I, don't I do agree Trigun. with you. I, I don't hate Trigun. I just think that it drops the ball at the end game for the plot. Them's fighting words. <laughs> no, <you're not> <laughs> I, I think I I would have liked it a little bit more if they showcased uh, the the consequences of being spoilers for Trigun, by the way, of being a pacifist yes. to the extreme. I mean, Vash, yeah. he we see his the consequences, but I feel like there should be a little bit bigger, like, mm. and that always bothered me. It's like. No, Vash. There are, there are people who want to see the world burn, and you you have to deal with them directly. You can't just you know wound them. Yeah. Oh, Vash, Mister Donut Man. Okay, wait. And I I just thought of another one that I'm surprised Tamsin didn't bring up, but maybe she can if I just pitch it her way. Um, Sailor Moon. Oh yeah, of course. Um, I guess Joel already has kind of alluded to this with the wands using magic um but i feel like for most of the scouts really only sailor moon has uh an actual weapon that she uses well, i suppose the outer sentry have the sword the mirror and glaive yeah uh yeah the saturn's glaive and then the staff that pluto has as well um but for Tux. most, I guess for most of the, the, for the inner century, you know, they, they summon elemental powers that then turn into weapons. So like Mars with her attack, you know, she'll summon fire and turn it in one of the later seasons. Their own keyblades, as it were. Exactly. <laughs> you know, turn it into a bow and arrow and shoot that at the enemy. Um, and then you have Tuxedo Mask who just throws roses and stabs people with them, I guess. And doesn't do anything else. 
Very right. helpful. <laughs> so help. L- looks at Rose. Is this a weapon? <laughs> Apparently. I don't know. What, what does Tamaki Suo have to say about that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> He'd be mortified. He'd be, he'd be, uh, no, he just wants love. Yeah, I don't think, mm, there aren't any really iconic weapons that I can think of from Oron High School Host Club, sadly. No, now I'm like thinking, trying to think of other series that are, you know, not about violence. And I'm like, do things still count as a weapon? Like in Haikyuu, when, when like someone throws a ball at someone's head just to be a jerk, does that count as a weapon? No, you said no, not no, if it's a one-off, I, right? I, yeah, not as a one-off. They do it all the time. <laughs> no, I don't think that's it counts. That's their personality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just them being a jerk. I mean, Tamaki's pouting in uh, Oran Host Club is pretty powerful. Oh, that is weaponized. Weaponized pouting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Another oh. one that's a little bit on borderline of... Uh, <laughs> inherent parts turning into weapons. Um, Alan Walker from D. Grayman uh, has his iconic arm that uh, tur- is I haven't been keeping up with D. Grayman for so long uh, but essentially turns into like a weapon when he activates it and does very cool holy slashing damage. That is cool. Mm. And then there's one of the most iconic weapons in all of anime, which it it is very easy to justify and say, this is a weapon because it is made for violence and nothing else, and it is something that is, under normal circumstances, not an object of violence, and that is the Death Note. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah, we actually discussed this in the pre-show. We oh, mentioned I it, but that. I don't know... I don't know if we came up with a verdict on whether it counts or not. Does it oh, count? I, I count the Death Note as a weapon. Yeah, okay. I would count that as a magical weapon for sure, but it's still a weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it that, does uh, do... That, that thing is very clearly designed for destruction. <laughs> mass destruction. It, it would <laughs> should be counted as a weapon of mass destruction because you could literally find well, everyone's name and write it in the Death Note. That's I mean, it true. doesn't. It does not say that there's an infinite amount of pages, or at least it doesn't look like. Uh, it has. I, I think that it, it doesn't look like it does. Um, I do remember though that they had the you know how to use segments both in the manga and as the um, uh, the halftime cards in the anime, and that uh, one of them, if memory serves, said if a death note is filled out that the shinigami is able to produce a new blank one so uh if one is dropped in the human world that uh while we never actually see it in the series supposedly Ryuk would be just generating new uh empty death notes for light oh, i have how to read volume 13 on my shelf but it's like too far away for me to reach in my booth i'm like i want to go mm. over and check and find out now but it might take me the whole rest of the podcast, so I won't. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff in that one. That just side note: I really liked how to read thirteen as a supplemental uh, product because that is not a normal volume of manga, but that's such a cool anthology of just you have the character profiles, you have all of the, the 
information and like cool tidbits and backstory. It's it's like an art book in a manga, but it's also just this encyclopedia. Plus, it comes with the super cool L name card. Yes, that was super cool. Wait, did, so did you ever read the novel? I forget if it was narrated by Mello or Near or both of them. Oh, but... uh, Change the World? Uh, was that what it was called? I don't remember. Um, uh, there was Change the World and then there was the Los Angeles BB murder cases. The Los Angeles BB murder cases. That's what I, I have about. read both. Los okay, Angeles yeah. BB murder cases was a really cool book. If you're able to find that, it's a light novel and um, it is a, the perspective of Naomi Misura. Oh, the, is that what it was? The FBI agent. Oh, I'm losing my mind. Okay, it's been or, years since I've Sorry, it was, the, it was the wife of the FBI agent, Ray Pember. Oh, right. Okay. Wow, I should really reread that. That's on my shelf somewhere, too, it but I haven't really touched good, it in like and it, Like, <sighs> I don't want to go into spoiler territory, but it, it has uh, some really cool stuff in it. And yeah. thus, yes, death notes are weapons. Yes. <laughs> no. Anything else, Neo Ivan? You were talking about how you're like kind of a nerd for this stuff. Can you think of any other like military oh. weapons or like medieval weapons that get used? Uh, or? Allow me to discuss my love of Helsing and Helsing weapons. For I was going to bring that up. Yes, Ooh, please do. Okay. Because that was actually I. I got into just I got into Helsing through an AMV called Mitternacht. Which is a fantastic <gasps> I remember, AMV. I remember that one. I remember that one. Yes. Um, and um, don't worry, Remy. I will not say it completely. But Alucard has a BFG, and if you don't know what that is, look up BFG and Doom. I'm doing this for our editor so that she doesn't have to murder me, and for extra reasons and the follow-up to this uh, podcast. But anyway, um, I love how. In, in Helsing, Alucard, the main character, has a um, a really big gun, which is ridiculously oversized, um, and it's used to murder ghouls and other vampires. And then he comes across a, uh, a Catholic priest who can take his bullets and nearly kill, Alu- quote-unquote, kill Alucard. You later find out, uh, no, you just can't kill him. Um <laughs> And the priest has amazing blessed weapons of his own, and he uses pages from the Bible as a weapon. Or they're not really used as a weapon. They're more of a a spell. Yeah, they're a spell to hold and prevent vampires or ghouls from escaping. But those things really hurt Alucard, and that's fascinating. So he has to get an even bigger gun. (laughs) And, oh God, I forgot her name. A police girl who... Victoria Sarah. Victoria. 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 My apologies to the character. But she has her own specialized weapons, and then she gets bloodlust and murders people with her fists. There's also also the, the butler, who whose name escapes me. Walter. Uh, Walter, who uses wire to just decapitate yeah. everyone. And then in Helsing Ultimate... Um, I didn't watch too much of it, but there was an antagonist uh, from Latin America who uses playing cards, who which are super, super sharp. So that kind of ties back into Yu-Gi-Oh! in a way, how these normal playthings for, like, gambling just murder everyone you know. And <laughs> I, I love how in Helsing they actually it, they use the real-world mechanics of, oh, um, this didn't work? How can we make it bigger, stronger, and better? 
and go on. I was just laughing. I'm cracking up. Sorry, I should probably be on mute while you're talking. Oh no, it's 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 fine. I just don't want to interrupt or anything. Um, I wasn't saying anything. But I, yeah, no, the Helsing weapons, and they're also all blessed, blessed weapons, and even the bullets are blessed. The guns are blessed. The bullets are made of silver, so that they deal extra damage. Pardon me for throwing in some Dungeons and Dragons stuff in there, but I just love all that attention to detail. That That is just one of the things that's just like, oh, this show is re- really knows what it's doing. I love it. And, mm. and, and there, don't get me there, started on mech, uh, like Big O, the weapons on Big O, the, gun, the various Gundam shows that I've watched. Uh, oof. It's I I love this stuff because I'm a huge military uh, history nerd, so I'd like to dive into that stuff. We could maybe I still feel like I have a lot that we didn't even touch on. I feel like we could maybe talk. Yeah, we more could weapons. probably do. We could probably do more weapons. And you bring up another interesting one, yeah, Ivan. Of uh, we could probably do one of just uh, anime militaries, not mm. even necessarily the weapons, but the organizations themselves of anime militaries because there's very diverse ones and just in terms of their composition how they're run their mo's things like that that there's a lot to dig into there so i'm gonna have to add that oh, yeah. one to the list absolutely because um, even with bringing it back to code gears a second mention um <laughs> you, you could just look at britannia the european union equivalent uh the chinese equivalent and then zero and the rebellion and there's just so much interesting stuff there so yeah, yeah absolutely yeah i thought of a couple other ones um by the way i did look up wolfwood's iron cross you know rifle thing is called the punisher appropriately nice um on the along the lines of keyblades and weapons that are extensions of oneself in a very literal sense there's the entire just line of Zanpakuto from Bleach and all just right. all of the different styles of weapons because obviously they all have their base sword form but they're all very very unique and uh, gosh you could do an entire episode about Zanpakuto because Bleach did a very good job of fleshing those all out and making them very unique to their individual wielders um, obviously Getsuka Tencho so uh, Ichigo's Zanpakuto is the most iconic one that you have the giant honking like steak knife blade that its initial form is that is very iconic and yet it only actually stays in that overly large form for you know the first season or so that after that it becomes a more conventionally sized blade but the the shapes and the uses of those are really cool uh, on the lines nice. of more silly weapons. Oh wait, sorry, Franji, did you have something about Zanpakuto? No, it's you said steak knives, and it made me think of the kitchen knives that um, oh, what's his face, Sebastian throws around in Kuroshitsuji. He's like Ooh. a demon with all these amazing powers, but he's just like, I've got these kitchen knives because I'm a butler. Let me just hurl these through the air. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> um, the scissor blades from Kill a Kill. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, uh-huh. Those are just 
very unique shapes uh plays in well to the themes of you know mm-hmm. clothing and fashion and uh, just cutting fabric and everything like that so uh really appreciated that one even if functionally they didn't do anything particularly stellar i suppose you would count the goku uniforms as weapons in a way that would you count uh senketsu and junketsu as weapons so they're they're uniform as in the uh the weapons that vegeta used to have uh when no, they landed about, on earth I, i'm no. talking about uh kill a kill that oh uh, the school uniforms that become the, oh yeah, i thought they're, they're, i they're thought sentient. i heard you say dragon ball and, z my bad no uh that they're they're sentient and are basically battle armor I think they fall into the category of other things that turn into weapons, kind of like soul or kind of like panties, mm. panties. I suppose, yeah, and the fact that they are sentient themselves does put them into that uh, particularly gray area along with soul and others from Soul Leader. Mm. <gasps> Yesterday was All Might's birthday, and I haven't mentioned My Hero Academia. All the support items could count as weapons, right? Yes, like, absolutely. Bakugo's gauntlets. Um, yeah. Yeah, because those, and Bakugo's gauntlets are particularly interesting because those are more accessories that act to uh, facilitate or, you know, uh, control his power. But... Yeah, they, en- they enhance his quirk, right? So it stores yeah. extra sweat so that he can release a bigger blast, but he can also take them off, hand one to Midoriya, and Midoriya can fire it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I thought maybe it counts. Yeah, Ooh. I would count that. The fact that it can be handed over certainly at least puts it beyond the um, Keyblade, you know, soul weapon that we've been mentioning. I just thought of another um, weapon. Uh, Vampire Hunter D's um, hand. Doesn't that have like a... Um, a mouth gonna... on it. Yeah, that sucks everything up or something. Wait, so is this like like Inuyasha, like Miroku? He's got a like a black hole in his hand that sucks up everything. If I'm remembering that right, uh, I may be misremembering, but I know that that hand is um, it can be used as a powerful weapon. So does that? Yeah. Wow, I didn't even think of those things. That's cool. There's so many types of weapons, guys. Yeah, One other really... I thought of. Oh. I know. Uh, Tamsin. That. The, the hand thing from Vampire Hunter D really, it, it almost falls into the same category as like Alan Walker's hand from D. Gray Man. That it's literally attached to you, but it does you know, do a little more special damage than just punching. Which, on the topic of punching, uh, Saitama from One Punch Man, <laughs> does his fist count as a weapon? Yes. I, my general inclination is no, but Saitama in particular, like, no, I mean, he, because cause then that thing is Superman's fist a weapon. Well, but then again, we've already, like, Gundams are weapons and they can punch things as well. I mean, it, it may not be, like, quote unquote, like a tool, but your hand, like, but, if you but are that gets a martial. the larger thing of just, you know, can a human be a weapon? Um, I would argue uh, um, Fifth Dan black belts and any martial artists, they are weapons in many regards because they could murder you quite quickly if they wanted to. Or (laughs) the same with like boxers, uh, just getting back to that, of how they, 
even though they are trained in a competitive sport, I certainly would not want to get into a bar fight with any professional boxer. <laughs> you know, like that, if one hired one as an assassin, then they would be a weapon, right? Mm, yeah. Mm. I feel like that's more of an ethical discussion. <laughs> that, that, that's another episode that we'll have to do of just physical fighters, the top physical fighters, whether it be competitive or, you know, uh, non-competitive combat. Ooh, we would have to throw Dragon Ball Z out the window because that's just not Probably. fair. That's just not <laughs> fair. Or, or we just do a Dragon Ball Z episode and... <laughs> We have me sort of sidelined for that episode because I barely watched any Dragon Ball Z, but I'd still be here for it. I'm in the same boat. Okay, wait, I got. One, I know we're coming up on time, but I got one more now that I want to talk about because I know at least Tamsin has seen the show. Um, so Ed's auto mail. I don't know if Ooh. alchemy counts as a weapon, but and his auto mail alone doesn't count because it's just like a prosthetic limb, but he can do alchemy on it and turn it into a blade. Yeah, and he also makes uh, a glaive pretty frequently. Yeah. Cons- consider though, Franji, that Ed could theoretically take his arm off, hand it to Alphonse, and Alphonse could <laughs> hit somebody with his. <laughs> and it could be a weapon. Arm. Okay. All right. I would also argue that alchemy is a weapon, because. Well, that's more of. It. It isn't magic as technically, but I consider that more magical ability than a weapon. Maybe mm. it's a weapon in the same type that, in the same way that the like the the spells attached to kunai in Naruto are, um, because so like Roy Mustang's gloves, for example, or the yeah. uh, brass knuckles that yeah those yeah those are weapons for sure yeah brass knuckles are definitely weapons because those are uh, you know extra things to cause violence uh, and Mustang's gloves fall under sort of the category with Bakugo's gauntlets. Um, I suppose it's not quite the same because he can't then give the glove to Ed and have Ed snap the glove and have it work. He could, couldn't but, he? Because the circle well, is on the glove and that just well, actually, yeah, so he could give it to it. another alchemist. Mm, yeah. But Bakugo okay. could just give his gauntlet to anybody. True. Oh, true. Okay. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, and I guess another reason why I say if alchemy could be a weapon because Scar kind of stops halfway through the alchemy process and deconstructs things with his uh, ability. Mm-hmm. So, that's well, that's just another expression of that type of magic, as it were. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, because like that—that's you know someone's using water magic versus fire magic or whatever, that it's a different expression of the same system. But uh, one other weapon that I thought of that is, uh, it's a really interesting one in talking about ethical things, the Dominator from Psychopaths. I have not seen Psychopaths. I I do not know that. Ooh, okay. Are you familiar with Psychopaths and at least its base concept? Nope. Nope. It's along the lines of Minority Report and the idea of uh, precognitive um, crime prevention that basically in in this series, the Dominator is a gun that is able to detect a person's uh, intent and detect if it, they are hostile or not, and it will not fire upon someone who is deemed to be non-hostile but it is a 
just hyper powerful weapon against something that it designates as hostile or as criminal um it, the whole series goes a lot into human psyche and covers some really interesting topics it is very 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 dark holy cow the series is dark uh so fair warnings there but it does a lot of interesting things um it's had three seasons i've only seen the first and I've heard that it goes a bit downhill after the first season, but it's not outright bad in two and three. So uh, I would suggest if you want to see a very interesting sort of dystopian crime thriller is the easiest way that I could describe it. That uh, Psychopaths is very, very unique in that regard. Cool. I heard somebody leave the call. Uh oh, we lost Frangie. Yes, unfortunately, Frangie has to go back to Frangie Land as she needs ah, to do yes. something at 5 p.m. Okay, cool. All right, well, at least we know it wasn't the technical issue. But I guess that's probably a good note for us to start wrapping up on anyway. So, does anybody have final thoughts before we go? Bueller? <laughs> Tamsin, after you. Hmm. Anime weapons are cool. That's that's my Anime point. weapons are indeed cool. We could spend probably hours talking about them. But I'm yes. glad that, you know, we had a chance to both have a discussion of what is a weapon, uh, identify some really ridiculous weapons that really probably shouldn't be weapons, but their wielders chose violence, so here we are. And um yeah just I'm, I'm glad that we had a chance to highlight a little bit of everything yeah from thank you very much for the suggestion that and as i've mentioned this whole discussion has already opened up the door for so many future episodes so this was a very very good one uh i definitely enjoyed it quite a bit neo ivan do you have anything else before we go oh that just that I'm happy to have uh, partaken, and we are just scratching, very minorly scratching this huge iceberg surface of all things anime and weapons, and uh, I'm I'm here for it, I love it, and uh, this was very fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. Well, as always, remember that Digital Air Entertainment has wonderful nerdy content going six, sometimes seven nights a week. Be sure to follow us here on Twitch and on Twitter and Facebook as well to find out more about our different uh, segments. And be sure to join our Discord to join in the discussion. And you can also get notifications there for whenever we go live. Uh, oh, yes. And, of course, our wonderful sponsor, Image Anime, that uh, if you use the code DISCOUNT, D-E-E-S-C-O-U-N-T, between now and the end of the year, you can get 20% off any in-stock items. They also have their pop-up shop in the Waypoint Cafe. I cannot recall the exact address of that. Neo Ivan, do you have that offhand? Uh, I, I do not, unfortunately. All right. Well, you'll be able to find it on their website. But uh, they are in New York City if you want to find their physical location. But uh, once again, you can get 20% off any in-stock items online at, uh, uh, at imageanime.com. And I believe that's all we have for today. So stay safe, stay sane, get your Fauci ouchie, and we will see you next time on Digital Era Twitch. Mm -hmm.